Okay. Um, awesome. Let's do a quick review. So this is the this is the third week we've met. Um, the first week we met, we talked about one of the basic habits of a disciple. What was it? Do you remember? Prayer. Prayer. What was the like phrase like? Okay. Yeah. Say it. daily. Daily. Yeah, so remember the first one? Daily prayer is close, but we said daily quiet, remember? Uh, Does anyone remember what, what Tim talked about, the daily quiet week? R. What? R. R, so A-R-R-R, a method of prayer. Um, last week we talked about weekly worship. Uh, Meredith was there last week. <laughs> I was there the week before. Yeah. Do you remember what we talked about with weekly worship? Mm-hmm. And uh, adoration is recognizing God is greater and what, yeah. And then prayer, you need to have a conversation. God, sacrifice is all worshiping requires sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to like worship with your money. So tithing at Mass is one of the few times, like it's one of the few times and opportunities we have to give money as a sacrifice and then it be used in worship or like a part of worship. Cool. So um, just to remind you, these come from, um, the, these like three things come from Jesus when he was asked, what is like the greatest commandment? He says, love God with all your heart soul and mind yeah sorry that's the that's the order just so that we get it with so love the lord with all your heart through daily quiet love the lord with all your soul through weekly worship and today we're talking about loving the lord through all your mind right through monthly growth so that's what we're going to talk about today um so real quick open up your scripture scriptures to matthew 13 so we're going to open up open up your bibles to matthew gospel matthew chapter 13 And again, I just want to remind you, like, <clears throat> we, were, we were thinking, you know, what are the three most basic, like, what are three basic habits, not basic as in, like, you know, to offend you, that it's, like, too simple for you, but basic in the sense of if you were to just commit the rest of your life to trying to live out these three habits of a disciple as best you could, as strongly you could, with all of your strength, trying to love God um, through these three things, with, through your heart, your soul, and your mind, um, you'd become holy, you'd live a great life as a disciple of Jesus, you would convert other people, you would bring people to Jesus, you would, um, you would have a life, like Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, you'd have a life to the full. So um, Jesus often spoke in parables, and there's a particular parable um, this week that I wanted to talk about. Well, one thing I wanted to say too is that, so I have this plant here, and Jesus often uses parables to to talk about spiritual realities right and some of you maybe like when you went on the Steubenville conference that might have been 
either the first time that you really encountered Jesus really strongly, or maybe it was like the first time in a while that you'd encountered Jesus really strongly, and we made this commitment, right? And when we, when we make this commitment to follow Jesus, in a way our, our faith becomes like, like a seed, right? You plant that seed, and then you water it and grow it, right? So you grow it up. So, um, so here, let's just, let's just go to Scripture. So let's go to Matthew 13. And here is, uh, we'll start at verse 3. So Jesus says, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, meaning this, so he's like planting seeds, right? As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they had not much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell upon thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Um, real quickly, just based on just that alone, like Jesus just tells this random story about this guy going out and, and scattering seed and these different situations of what happens with the seed. What is like your first first reaction? What are you like, what is Jesus getting at? What might Jesus be getting at? Why is he telling his parable? Are you confused by it? Are you like, what's going on? Like where you spend your time and like where you, I guess just spend your time um, is where your fruits are going to grow. Yeah. Or the lack of fruit is yeah. Grow. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, if you're going to be spending time on something, maybe fruit will grow. Maybe the things that you don't spend time on. What else? What are some things like first blush? Just first like reactions. What sticks out to you? What I'm not looking for any particular answer. Um, just like what's our first reactions to it? <clears throat> Are you going to go try to plant some seeds after this now? Because you're like, well, Jesus said. So Jesus spoke in parables a lot. And sometimes the disciples would literally, I love it when the disciples would literally ask, like, what was that parable for? And this actually happens to be one of the cases, right? Jesus tells this parable. And if you go on to verse 18, he explains this parable. So let's hear what Jesus says. He says, Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So Jesus says, the people, or the, yeah, people who hear the word, at the beginning of the parable, he says, as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and devoured them. And he says, these are people who hear the word of the kingdom and do not understand it. So the evil one represents the birds who come and snatch it away. Then he says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. And then there's another situation. As for what was sown among thorns, this is he who hears the the word, but cares of the world and the delight in riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. And then he says, finally, as for what was sown on good soil, 
This is he who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Does that, does that clear it up a little bit? What do you think now after hearing that um, if Jesus is telling this parable because he wants us to know something about him or know something about ourselves as disciples of Jesus and trying to follow Jesus, um, what, what sticks out to you from that? What do you like get from Jesus' explanation? Could be anything. Could be right or wrong. It doesn't matter. Which one, which one do you want to be? The last one. The last one? Yeah. Good soil. And good soil? Yeah. Like I was thinking basically saying what type of people they are representing the different types of soil. Yeah. Which one of like the seeds that don't bear fruit, which one of them can you most relate to? Is there one in particular that you can relate to more? Or is there one that you're like, oh man, like I know what that situation's like? That's the rocky one. The rocky ground? Like, like I knew it. <laughs> yeah, so it says, um, this is someone who hears the word and receives it with joy immediately but then there's no root and you endure for a while, but when tribulation and persecution come, you like fall away. I, I think I think a lot of us could relate to that. I feel like when I when I was reading this passage, I feel like that was the one I could most relate to in times of my life. For instance, you might have been on a retreat before, or been on a conference before, and you hear the word of God. You hear God saying something to your heart, or you hear some the word of God through either a priest or a speaker or someone, and you hear something about God and about heaven and you like it says here it's you immediately receive it with joy you're like yes this is this is for me this is for my life can you relate to that can you feel that yeah I can I can definitely relate to that and then Jesus says it had no root so it endures for a while but then when hard times come uh, immediately it falls away if you go back to the parable what is which Read the, pa- read the part in the parable where he actually talks about this. Where's that verse? The, the stuff that does not, or the seed that does not have root. Where, where, what verse is that relating to when, in the actual parable? Which verse? Five. Verse five? five? So, yeah, read it, Xavier. Read it out loud. Uh, so it says, Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. So, um, you know, if how many of you have ever tried to plant something or grow something or water, or water something, right? So, um, you know, man, I've always been really amazed at the way trees grow because trees like are such huge. When you see them fully grown, they're huge, like monsters that are there for years and years and years and years, right? But there's a there's a significant portion of the beginning of the lifespan of a tree where it's so fragile, right? And it's interesting, like, the taller a tree goes, the deeper the roots need to be. The bigger and deeper the foundation, the structure of the bottom has to be in order to support this huge, magnificent tree. Uh, I think it's, like, the redwood forest yeah. in, like, California and stuff. Or they've found some – I, I remember listening to some something where they were talking about how they've found that some forests have such intricate root systems that are so deep and so intricate that – it's almost as if it's not just one tree, but it's a, a network of a single organism almost. It, it almost acts like a single organism, the way all the tree's roots kind of like grow together and interweave um, together. And so there has to be this really deep 
root system in order for the tree to, to live and not when a storm comes or something just be like pushed away. Does that make sense? So the last two weeks we've talked about two really, really important habits of a disciple, which is um, daily quiet, so every day spending time with Jesus. And the second one was the weekly worship, so once a week worshiping God. And, and you know, worship goes outside of once a week, but I think most importantly, worshiping God at Mass um, and ordering our lives towards God. But all of this hinges on this last habit. Like, all of that hinges on this final habit, which is monthly growth. And to just to, just to sum it up, um, a disciple of Jesus Christ is someone who once a month at least, or monthly at least, focuses on growing, like focuses on like growing deep roots. Because if you, like, here's an example of someone who, who wouldn't grow, right? You go on a Steubenville conference, you hear an amazing talk, you give your life to Jesus, you say, I'm no longer committing sin, I just want to like, I want to do this, right? And so you come to these two sessions, the two sessions we've had, and you commit to daily quiet, and you commit to weekly worship. But then, then that's where you stop. And, and the truth is, is that if that is where you stop, if you are not growing towards God, then you're moving towards, or you're moving away from God, Right? There's no, um, there's no like stagnation in the spiritual life. Like in the life of a disciple, you're always moving and you're either moving towards God, like growing in holiness, growing in virtue, um, growing in your ability to resist sin. You're either moving towards God or you're moving away from him. There's no like pause button on discipleship. And so when we love God with all of our mind, that means we use our mind and we grow our mind in our understanding of what it means to be a disciple. Because we don't want to be, you know, God has sown the seed of his word in you. Like God has said, I have a word and I'm giving it to you. And you might have received it with joy at the Steubenville conference and you received it with joy and you came to these sessions and you want to grow. You want to grow, but you, you have to make sure that we grow deep roots. Does that make sense? So we have to be growing deep roots. So a disciple of Jesus is someone who commits to at least monthly saying, this month, here's how I'm going to grow. And there's two really, um, two, I would say like two really important ways that you can grow. The first one is the easiest. The second one is the most effective. So the first way that we can grow is just through learning about our faith, right? So it's loving God with all of our mind. So learning about our faith. So um, that's like reading holy books. That's um, We're going to talk about Formed, which is a resource that's free for all of you guys. It's just an app you can download on your phone, and it has thousands of resources, thousands of videos and books and movies. And um, so, for instance, someone who wanted to grow deep roots once a month, you could say, okay, this month in July um, – I'm going to I'm going to study one book from the Formed app, right? Or I'm going to watch one holy movie from the Formed app this month, like. Or this month it's going to be like I'm going to try to walk with Saint Augustine. I'm going to watch a movie about Saint Augustine. I'm going to read some of his writings, and I'm just going to grow, you know. Um. So that that's one way. One way, and that's called catechesis. That's called like us growing um, in our understanding of the faith. But there's another, there's another passage in scripture that's like one of my favorites. And just write down Acts chapter 2, and you don't, have to, um, you don't have to flip to this. Well, you can if you want. Yeah, flip to Acts chapter 2. 
So in, the, in, in this path of discipleship, as people, are, as people go from not knowing Jesus to encountering Jesus, like receiving his word with joy, responding to it, and then growing into a mature disciple, there's a, there's a, there's a path, right? You could see this in all the disciples throughout scripture, um, you know, where Jesus says, follow me. And then there's a, there's a path of growth. So they have an encounter with Jesus and then there's a path of growth. And then eventually they're sent out to serve him, right? But this path of growth happens all the time throughout scripture. And in Acts, in the second chapter of Acts, this is one of the first times that the church is doing this path of discipleship that you guys are walking on. The church is doing this for the first time in a way without Jesus like walking on earth. He's there with them in spirit, but he's already died. He rose from the dead and he sent them out, right? And so like you'll remember at Pentecost, right? All the disciples are gathered together. The Holy Spirit comes down upon them and they run out into the streets. And all of these people are freaking out because they, they're from all different parts of the world, but they can understand the disciples are just going crazy talking about God and talking about the love of God and the mercy of God. And then, um, so in Acts chapter two, all of that happens. There's this encounter of the power of God. And then Peter stands up in front of everyone. And what does Peter do? Peter tells the life, this, the story of Jesus Christ. Peter says, here's the story of Jesus Christ. And the people there, if you look at Acts chapter two, verse, um, well, not 14, go on to um, 37. So right after Peter gives this whole long speech in verse 37, it says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, what shall we do? And he says, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. So they say, they receive the word with joy. They, they accept the invitation to join, to, to, to join as disciples. But then you're then like the question that should be in your head is like, then what do they do? Like, what do they do next? And we like went on Steubenville, like there was this encounter of God's power. Someone proclaimed the word of God. You accepted it with joy. You were like, yes, a lot of you and a lot of people that came with us had these really awesome experiences, you know, encountered Jesus maybe for the first time or maybe just encountered him anew, committed your life to him. But then the next question is like, now what do we do? Like, what's after that? How do we grow deep roots? And so... This is a section, maybe in your Bible, it might say the community life, or it might say communal life. My Bible says life among believers. Uh, And this is, if we go to verse 41, it says, so those who received the word, right? So they received the word, they were baptized and were added that day about 300 or 3,000 souls. And this is it, write down this, Acts 2.42. And they held steadfastly, in your scripture it might say, and they devoted themselves to these four things, the teaching of the apostles, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. So these communities form, and they devote themselves to these four things. They say, this is what I'm devoting, my, these are what we're devoting our, our community to, our disciple. we're, we're going to be a community of disciples. And move on, it says, verse 43, fear came upon every soul, many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and good and distributed them to all as any had need. <clears throat> all who believed were together and had all things in common. So here's like, here, real quickly, like, um, and you might, maybe this, this might be totally out of order, but um, write this down. 
disciples grow in circles. Disciples grow in circles. You need to grow. If you're not growing, you're, you're, you're getting away from God. If you're not growing in, in your Christian life, in prayer, in faith, then, um, then you're going away from God, right? But disciples grow through daily quiet, yes. Through weekly worship, yes. But disciples grow in circles. What that means is disciples grow in community with other disciples, right? Um, you can't do this alone. Absolutely cannot do this alone. So I want to show a video real quick, like if you want to just pull up the... <clears throat> so when I was in college, I played rugby. Raise your hand. How many of you have seen like a rugby game or have seen any footage of it? Yeah, rugby's awesome. <laughs> rugby's awesome. Um, so in rugby, the games, the, the rules are a little different. It's kind of like football, but it's a little different, right? Um, you can only throw the ball backwards. You can't throw it forwards. You can't throw it past the line of scrimmage, we'll call it, right? So there's 15 guys against another 15 guys on a field that kind of looks like a football field, but it's a little bigger. It's almost like a soccer field. And you can only throw the ball backwards. You can't throw it forwards. Um, the other thing is that, it's in the safari. The other thing is that um, you can kick the ball forward, but that's pretty much it. So it's similar to football, but the difference between rugby and football is in football, when someone gets tackled, what happens, right? Like, it's down, yeah, it's done. So in rugby, when someone gets tackled, there is no stop to the game. It keeps going. So what you'll see when we pull this up is that there's a line of scrimmage, basically. And when someone gets tackled, you can only push through the line of scrimmage. You can't come around, like, the pile where someone just got tackled. You have to push your line of scrimmage past the ball in order to pick it up. So what will happen is, like, you know, I'll be running, and if I get tackled, then someone behind me will immediately, like step over me and start pushing the defenders off, right? They'll start pushing and they have to hold the line. If you kind of consider like offense and defensive line. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just called a ruck at that point. And so they're trying to hold the line while someone else will come up behind and grab the ball and like try to toss it out. You want me to come yeah. help you? Too? <laughs> Yeah, you guys remember playing at Spirit Retreat? That was so much fun. I was on my phone. Okay, so so look at this. This is rugby. This is one of the best um, uh, defensive attempts or, or defensive efforts. You just, you, um, this is one of the best defensive attempts. But you'll see, like the red team here is on defense. Green team's on offense, right? See this guy? He throws the ball. Boom, he gets tackled. He goes down. And now the red guy's trying to push over. The green guy grabs the ball. Boom. He goes going again. Boom. So you can't go past the line of scrimmage until the ball has been moved, until the ball has been thrown. So see, it looks like... Well, yeah, you always have to be ready because at any point they could throw it halfway across the field, right? So... So see how he just threw it, tackled, he puts the ball back, throws it. Now look, the, the line has to come up as one line and just keep the defense. See, boom, like. And, and if there's no one there when you get tackled, it's very easy for the other team to just push over and get the ball. There has to see these two guys that come up behind him and immediately start pushing. He hasn't even been tackled yet. So the other team just can't grab the ball? Um, see, look, he broke through. So no, you can't grab the ball unless your team has pushed the line of scrimmage past the ball 
and then someone behind you has to grab it. So like, if you're pushing, you can't touch the ball. People who are pushing, they're not, if you're, it's called being in the ruck. If you're in the ruck, you can't touch the ball. So you have to, you have to push the ball, you have to push the line of scrimmage past, and then someone else on your team has to pick it up. This is crazy. At this point, these guys, like most of these guys have been tackled like multiple times. Most of these guys have pushed. And look, that's the, so. Because you, when you're in the ruck pushing, you can't reach down and touch the ball. No, no, they can't. You have to push the line of scrimmage. So you'll push the line of scrimmage and like what would be a quarterback for us? A quarterback has to come in and grab it. A quarterback can't be pushing and grab it. So it's, a, it's an insanely like. Meticulous. It's insanely team based. Like there is no such, there is no I in rugby, right? Like, <laughs> So see how, oh yeah, it's, it is, it is, it is awful. Like these guys are so torn up right now, right? Like it just keeps going. You liked them. Oh yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, this explains a lot. Who's the red team? Wales. Wales versus Ireland. So now they're trying to like. Well look, okay, so this is called a mall. So, so one guy just says, you know what? I'm going to stand here and all of you just push me. And that's called a mall. That's a kind of like a set play where and so he, so everyone's waiting. Wait, Did they score? I think they end up scoring. Anyways, no! you just stop it. That was a good place to stop. Anyways, um, so um, what we did outside, right? Some people could, some people could see, some people could hear, some people had a leg, some people had an arm. Um, Saint Paul says in First Corinthians. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one. This is in 1 Corinthians 12, 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were the eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the organs in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single organ... Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body which seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think have less honor, we invest with greater honor. The, like, the part of it is you have to have other people. Like, we are many parts in the body of Christ, but we are all one body. And you've heard this phrase, I mean, I know maybe you've heard this phrase way too many times. Have you ever heard this phrase, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with most? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that phrase. You are the sum of the five people you hang out with most. You never heard that phrase? Okay, great. So the argument is this. You become what what you belong to. Does that make sense? Are you good, Micah? Do you need help? So... It was 1 Corinthians 12. Okay. Just kind of around there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's 1214. 1 Corinthians 12.14. Um, so write this down. You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. That's kind of sad, though. It is kind of sad, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It depends on who you... <laughs> true, that's true, that's true, that's true. We can, t- we can talk about that. If you, if you have to spend... <laughs> If you have to, you know what that means? That just means you have to spend more intense, short amount of time with good people. 
as opposed to like passive long amounts of time with but anyways um so here so here's here's why this matters if you went on the studentville or you've ever had an encounter with jesus and you want to continue you want to like stay a disciple of jesus you cannot do it alone you have to have other people in your life that are trying to live as a disciple of jesus that's it in the scriptures in acts remember it said like they were all together they all had they had everything in common so let's in acts chapter two remember like after they it says they devote themselves to the fellowship to the teaching of the apostles to the breaking of bread and then it says in acts chapter 2 44 all who believed were together and had all things in common they had all things in common that means like you have to have things in common with people who are disciples and it's not like it's not like a wouldn't it be nice if i had friends that were christian if if you don't have any friends that are christian then make some of your friends christian right like you are not you have to have this in your life i cannot say this enough like this is the last habit like monthly growth and i think a lot of people when they hear monthly growth they stop at like well i'll just i'll just read a book on my own to grow in my faith that is a good starting point but i want to push you even farther the first um the first community of believers after jesus they're converted by peter's sermon they literally were at the first studentville conference right like they're there peter stands up you know any hickman whoever like name your catholic speaker stands up talks about jesus they all say yes let's do this and then it says after that they devote themselves to these four things but we'll just we'll just call them these three things right they devote themselves to discipleship meaning they devote themselves to the teachings of the apostles the teachings of the church to grow as a disciple you need to devote yourself to discipleship which means I need to grow in my understanding of what it means to be a disciple. They devote themselves to the communal life or fellowship. They, have, they don't just hang out with, with other Christians when they, want, um, when, they, when they need something. They hang out with other Christians just because they have stuff in common with them. They hang out with other Christians not just when like, they need to come to Mass. They hang out with other Christians when like, they just want something fun to do or they just need, maybe they, maybe they do need something. Maybe they need like prayers. Maybe they need someone to talk to, right? And last one's worship, right? They commit themselves to breaking of bread, which represents the sacraments. They commit themselves to sacraments and prayer. So that's worship, prayer, what we're talking about. So Christian community, healthy Christian community, at least has these three things. Discipleship, so like how are we growing as disciples? Maybe it's use the formed resource or something. And here's the other thing that I want to say is um, we need to stop thinking that the church is where we get fed that the church is where as a as our like little seed analogy the church should not be the only place where you get watered as your like discipleship plant or seed or whatever right the church is where we come to worship yes the church is where we come to get the sacraments and get fed sacramentally yes but you have to learn how to feed yourself right like um you guys aren't like babies or toddlers anymore you have to learn how to have Christian community because like me and Tim and some of the adults here, like we might not be available enough for you, right? You might already have two friends that you know are Catholic that you could hang out with more. And all you have to do is just say, hey, let's meet on a regular basis, like maybe just monthly to start out. Let's meet and have these three aspects of when we meet. Discipleship. How are we growing in our understanding of discipleship and what it means, right? Like, how are we growing in that? How are we growing in fellowship? How are we growing together just as a community? Fellowship means, like, to, to be one with you. Like, I, like 
when I have fellowship with someone, I know what's going on in their life. I know what they're struggling with. I know what they did last week. I know I'm in touch with them, right? And worship. I don't just get together with people and, and just like, hey, we read a book. That was great. But no, worship, like we talked about with Paul and Silas. Like, call down the presence of God in your community. Like, meet with people and don't just like, well, wouldn't it be nice if we, like, prayed to God, you know, more at home? No, like, like literally worship with them there. Like, how can we pray right now? How can we, like, can we go to Mass together? Can we go to adoration together? And um, in rugby, I remember there was, there were many times where people would start playing rugby. And in America, football is the most popular sport, or one of the very popular sports. Rugby is not very popular. People think rugby is very similar to football. And so we get these new guys that are like really passionate about playing rugby um, at our school. And we didn't have a football team. So they were really big football players and they would come on the rugby team and they would try to play rugby like football. And in football, yes, it's a team sport, but it's a lot easier to kind of shine as an individual. Like it's a lot easier to like, the ball gets thrown and this guy catches it and makes a play, right? Every time it's like, this guy makes the play and then the game stops. Well, in rugby, if you try to make a play, let's say you make a breakaway, right? You're on the, the first yard line, you make a breakaway. You run 60 yards, you run the whole extent of the field away from your teammates, you're like, I'm going for it, I'm going for the end zone, it's called the try zone. <laughs> if you get tackled, the, the play doesn't stop. If you get tackled in the other team's area and your teammate is away, all of your teammates are away from you, your whole play was pointless because you get tackled and the guy who tackles you, tackled you, right? But, the, but his teammate is right behind him and pushes over. They pick up the ball and they just start running back. And so immediately, like within, within 10 minutes of anyone playing rugby, they quickly learn that they really have to rely on the people around them. And like you saw in there, like there was no like, like just watching it really quickly. There wasn't like one player that really stood out. Everyone had something to do. Everyone at different times. Some, sometimes you're going to have someone in your Christian community that's just laying on the floor <laughs> and you're having to push the enemy off of them and they can't do anything for themselves at that point. And if you don't have someone in your life to push the enemy off of you when you're down, then what happened? You're just down, <laughs> like, right? Like, then the enemy picks up the ball and they just start walking down the field and everything that you've done up to that point is lost. Everything you've done up to that point is lost. Does that make sense? Like, it's the same, that's why St. Paul said, like, the foot needs the head, needs the mouth, and needs the leg. Like, we all need each other. And if you don't have someone in your life, sometimes you're going to have to do the pushing for your friends. Sometimes you and your friends have to, like, make passes together. Like, all right, we're all going to try to do this. We're all going to try to go to adoration more. We're all going to try to read this book together. And when, you, when you're as a team, when you're as in a circle, right, it's a lot harder for the enemy to, to take you away, right? It's a lot harder for them to win. So um, that's this last habit, monthly growth. It, it sounds, like, I know it sounds almost too simple. And I think, it's, I think that's for a reason, right? Like, we need to be growing monthly. At the very least, every month or at the beginning of the month, just say, like, I want to grow in my understanding of, and just, like, pick, like, um, the mass. I want to grow my understanding of scripture. I want to grow and just say, Hey, for this month, at least once I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do something to help me grow in my understanding of the faith. But man, if you really want to not like have to walk halfway back the field and next year we're about to go on Steubenville again. And you're like, man, I'm right in the same place I was last year. Like 
I've fallen back into, I can't tell you how many, like I've been doing this for six years and, and a lot of kids that come back on Steubenville the next year or back on this encounter event the next year and they're like, man, I fell right back into where you were. I asked them like, well, who do you hang out with a lot? Well, my friends at school, they're all like, none of them go to church. Well, it's like, it's not, I'm not surprised. Like, do you, like, are you praying every day? Well, yeah, kind of. When did it stop? Well, I don't know, it just kind of stopped. And you talk to other people, how did you pray all year long? Well, I kind of stopped for a little bit, but then my friend, we had a conversation about how daily prayer was going, and I felt bad because I was like, oh, crap, I haven't been praying, right? Like, we can help keep each other accountable to these habits. We can help each other grow. Does that make sense? Do you have any, does anyone have any questions about this? I know it sounds so simple. It's like, just meet up with, all you need is one other person, to be honest. Like, you don't even need a circle. Just get, like, a line. (laughs) Just you and one other person. And even, even if it's like, even if, like, some of you here, we want some of you here to start meeting. Like, um, so here's our challenge, actually, that I kind of forgot about. But our challenge would be to meet next Thursday. But we're not having this here. Like, you're not, you're not going to be able to rely on me and Tim. Or, I mean, Brittany might be able to be a small group leader for some of you guys. Like, you can find, like, Bessie or Lloyd or Keith or, or Brittany if, if they were your small group leaders in Steubenville. But if they're not available, are you going to meet next week? Like, are you going to have Christian community, to strive to have Christian community? Um, yeah, I don't know. How many of you... How many of you feel like if you... Do you have a question, Meredith? Oh, okay. How many of you feel like if you had... If you had a group of friends that were committed to fellowship, like sharing life with each other, discipleship, like growing together in their understanding of the faith, and worship, like praying together, going to mass together, would that positively impact your life? Is that something you want? Is that something that sounds... Have I made a case that it sounds attractive? Okay. Yeah, Jeanette. I have a question. Yeah. Because so many... Yes. And so I'm curious of what kind of technological ways mm-hmm. they can utilize yeah. to build that kind of community and not necessarily be sharing the same space. So, yes, that's a great question. So, yeah, you don't have to be in the same place. I mean, one thing that's super easy uh, that I've used before is like Google Plus. I don't know if any of you are on Google or Skype. Anything where you can like do, or I mean, you could even FaceTime. If you're just doing one on one with another person, just FaceTime or phone call. Just say, like, hey, every Thursday, at 8.30, right before we like start wrapping up for the night or whatever, we call each other, or one, even if it's once a month, and just call each other and say, you know, how are we growing together? What's, what's your life like? What's, what's going on in your life? And then let's pray together. Just pray on the phone. Um, so anything where you can like do multiple videos, like um, Jason Spoolstra, who's our diocesan youth minister, he started a, a little discipleship group where it's just a bunch of us youth ministers and him, and we just, we just uh, do a Google Plus Hangout and it's just everyone's video stream right there. And we just like, I'm in my office and I'm just like, hey, Jason. And we're like praying through the, you know, through the internet. So, um, yeah, so it's no excuse if you're like, oh, man, I, well, I live way out in wherever. Um, does that help? I mean, FaceTiming, phone, I mean, even like the group me's, right? Like at least to maintain some type of contact with people that are trying to live out their faith. Do you have a question, Bessie? Well, more an observation from my life. I don't always feel like I want to go to the group. I'm tired, I've got work, I've got other activities I need to get to. Yeah. But once I start missing, it's easier to miss the next time. Yes. The next time it's easier. Yes. And so sometimes I have to treat it as, this is my job, I signed up for it, and I'm going to go. Yes. And so if you all are going to be supportive, at least this is what I need. 
if you're going to be supportive of me and I'm going to be supportive of you and I say I want to be in this group, when you post, I will respond. Mm. And when I post, I'd like for you to respond. Yeah. Because as soon as you start saying, eh, I'll respond to her tomorrow, and then tomorrow becomes two days, and then all of a sudden somebody's isolated. Yeah. And just for me, you know. Yeah. No, I think so that's, I think that's great. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. And a hundred percent, like, I, it's, it's so easy for us to be isolated. And I think one of the biggest things, the reason God wants us to have to rely on each other is because then we're responsible for that other person. Does that make sense? Like, um, it's really easy to go to mass and you don't know anyone's problems. You don't know anything that anyone's going through. And you're just like, well, I, like, I guess I'll kind of maybe pray for someone here. But if you know that your friend is struggling with something, then you can be responsible for praying for that person. You know what I mean? Like our, the ultimate plan of the church is that everyone would be connected with just like a small group of people and take care of them. Does, it, does that make sense? Like, like, like that's, that's the plan of the church, that everyone would just take care of their literal, like the person near them. What? Their little buddy. Yeah, their little buddy. <laughs> like buddy, like everyone grab a buddy. Because you can't, you can't keep, especially some of you who are getting uh, older, like, you know, juniors, seniors, you can't keep waiting on Father Flynn or your youth minister or your campus minister um, to minister to you, right? Like, you got, you got to take care of yourself. You got to just kind of shout buddy and grab someone and say, all right, we got to do this. Does that make sense? The thing that I've heard from my college boys is that the resources on campus are so great, but you got to go. To mm-hmm. the resource. Mm-hmm. I, and it's, yeah. it's a great community. They feed you yeah. at college, and, but they feed you spiritually and physically. Yeah. But you have to make, take the steps and get over to focus mm-hmm. or get over to whatever yeah. the, the events are that they're having on campus. And if you start that habit now, when you're away from your family, it'll be so much easier. Yes. And it just makes everything better. Yes. Um, real quick, uh, if you have a phone, Look up this app called Formed. I think maybe you might have to search formed.org and download the app while, while we're doing the rest of what we're doing. But download the app and create an account. You see an email address and then this code right here. Or maybe just write this down so you know to use it later. 4CB54E. Nope. Okay. But it's a form. It's called Formed. I think it's like a, looks like a blue triangle. I think. It's a blue playboy. Yeah, blue blue play button. So when you log into this, you'll see once you put in the code, you have access to like any of the Why Disciple series we've done. You have access to there up at the very top. It will have the Sunday um, gospel reading. This is really cool. If you go to Formed and pull it up right at the very top, and it's really crazy because this Sunday is actually the parable of the sower that we talked about today. So. Up at the top, if you hit 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, it will have a short video reflection. And then if you click the journal, um, you can open up, if you have an iPhone, you can open up an iBooks. And it has a reflection for Sunday Gospel, but then it also has every day a short little, like, either a challenge or something to reflect on that comes out of that reading. So you read about the sower, and then on Monday, it's like, how are you going to grow? On Tuesday, it's like, pray for someone who is falling away. Like, it... Like the whole week is just set up for you. So there's no, there's no excuse. Like you have no shortage of resources, right? There's movies in here, like tons of different Catholic movies or movies about saints. Um, 
there's whole books in here, like books of the lives of saints, like all sorts of stuff. If you hit browse at the bottom, you can listen to stuff. There's videos, like there's tons of things. You could say, you know what, like, you know, once a week, I'm just gonna pull up one of these resources and I'm gonna walk through, like here's symbol on the Catholic faith explained, like knowing the faith, and you just like walk through that. Now, if you wanna start meeting in a Christian community, you can say, hey, what do we wanna study? You can pick one of these, and not only does it have like a participant's guide, it also has a leader guide. So you can say, all right, like Emma, like Emma and Amy could be like, all right, this week, Amy, you're in charge, so you read the leader guide and kinda like walk us through it, right? Like. Or Josh could be like, hey, this week I'm gonna be the leader. This is what we're gonna do. Like Sean and Xavier, like this week we're gonna walk through this. It's on the Bible. Like, let's read it. Here are the questions. Let's talk about it. And you can do that. You don't have to be in the same place. You can do it through Google Hangouts, FaceTime, whatever. You can watch, like all of you have it on your phone. Watch it ahead of time and just, at the very least you could say, hey, let's just watch it this week. And then tonight for 20 minutes, we'll just talk about what we, what we saw. Okay, so if, if you're downloading or something, maybe just pause for a second. I want you to take like two minutes, like open up your journal right now. I want you to take two minutes, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a little bit longer, but just like two minutes. Um, I want you to start in the sign of the cross and then I want you to talk to God and like figure out what you're going to commit to growing, how you're going to commit to growing. If for you, maybe that's going to be just reading something like that's that's okay but i would really challenge you like you, there's lots of people here there's lots of people here and this is our last time we're meeting for this for a little bit um if you want to start meeting with other people here then like grab someone like you three guys or like best grab bessie or grab Brittany, um like <laughs> you girls like um so what i what i want you to do is um yeah yeah bessie so if we want to meet, is this facility available to us? Yes. If you if you communicate with me, yes, then yeah, we can like schedule it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You just need like you need two adults. Yeah, that's it. But but if the youth wanted to meet, do they have to have two adults, or can the youth meet? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Um, because if they are forming their own discipleship groups, and yeah, they have enough people that they want to meet. I don't Can know. they come here without adults? What do you think? I'm thinking probably not. Okay. Just because they're on our ground and reliable. Okay. Um, they would probably best if you're not with two adults that are trained and vetted by us, that you are off-site at a restaurant, a coffee shop, something like that. Okay. Yeah, park. Or, park. or a park. I mean, you can sit on the picnic tables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go into the chapel. Oh, open. yeah, the chapel, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how about this instead of I want you to read back through the parable of the sower and the parable or the, him explaining it but like have a conversation with God and then really I really want to challenge you to maybe figure out how you're going to commit to growing in a Christian community and then after that uh, if you want to start meeting with someone else in this room like like do it <laughs> so let's just start in prayer and I'll give you guys a few minutes um, and make a written commitment. I am committing to growing this month by doing this, okay? So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word that we have received with joy. And Lord, help us to grow deep roots. Help us to love you 
with all of our heart through daily quiet. Help us to love you with all of our soul through weekly worship. And God, help us to love you with all of our mind through monthly growth. And Lord, I pray that powerful Christian communities would be formed um, in our in our midst. Lord, that you would speak to us and help us to commit in some way this month to growing with you. So now just spend some time in prayer with God and we write a commitment.